Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome back to Side Note. Today, we are talking about something we are all doing right now which is self-isolation. We're going to explain some studies about how self-isolation impacted people during the SARS epidemic in Hong Kong. And we're also going to be talking about paid sick leave. Wow. Splicing in the weird things that we are doing right now, bunkered down in our home as we self-isolate. Hey, it's Mitch. And Greg. Oh, welcome back to Side Dogs. From self-isolate. <laughs> we're quarantined. Well, no, we're just... In our home alone, trying not to interact with a single soul other than each other and our dog. I think everyone's kind of doing this right now. It's such well, a weird time. I mean, people are, but then I'm seeing people outside still. I'm not as much seeing people on social media being like, obviously, our city, we're in Toronto, has now shut down a lot of restaurants and bars. And- but it hasn't been mandated by the government yet, but restaurants on their own are shutting down. I thought it was mandated. No, they're like, it's not like legally like you have to close. Huh. Okay. Well, well, I, I'm assuming that's coming pretty soon then. Yeah. I mean, I, I think a lot of things are up in the air right now and like so coming we're, soon, but a lot of places have closed and it is obviously like everything is a lot less busy, but unlike Italy and places where it's like mandatory and there's like cops patrolling, telling you that you cannot be outside unless going to the grocery store. That's not happened here yet. People are still mm-hmm. walking around, but obviously people are getting shamed on social media <laughs> if they like go like out and have like a fun night out on the town this was a funny weekend to watch people like go out and it's like well, it's this is embarrassing happening. so we so obviously we're doing this podcast on self-isolation we had done a podcast about pandemics oh my gosh ernie's coming with his bed um we had done one but it was we recorded it like weeks ago so we decided it might have been a bit outdated and kind of weird to release it after it got called a pandemic when in the podcast we were acknowledging that it hadn't been that yet so um that I, we want to record this one and then just put it out immediately. Yeah, yeah. So because so this information is constantly changing, I just feel like even now we're talking about self self isolation and restaurants not being closed. It's like if we wait a week, <laughs> the world might be a lot. Yeah, different. that's so true. It was kind of interesting that we made that video. Uh, what happens if there is a pandemic? And then literally three year, three days later, it was called a pandemic. But even when we were doing the research of that video, we realized it already was by definition a pandemic. Like there was community spread outside of China. Yeah, long it's, before it's the been WHO for, said. Oh, yeah, that's true. So it's been a pandemic a long time by certain definitions, just not officially declared one because I think they didn't want to stoke panic. They didn't want to necessarily cause any issues that could be contained if they just called it like an international crisis. But it was, it's definitely a pandemic now for sure. Everyone's calling it that. And the WHO, which Mitch likes to call the who, likes <laughs> the band. Only when I'm reading it, I just <laughs> often forget that it's just a capital who. You know what I mean? I'm, I know, it's just, I'm always like, wait, who? And you're like, who? I'm like, the who? who? <laughs> the WHO, the who? Um, but yeah, so now we are living alive on this planet during a global pandemic hey guys what's up yeah cool how's news. everyone doing i feel like hopefully today we'll <sighs> we'll talk about some serious things but hopefully we can have it be a little lighthearted as well because i do truly feel like my timeline on all social media is absolutely smothered in this kind of stuff and it's like a little bit anxiety inducing yeah i i the study that i have like studied wow <laughs> i feel like my brain is much just like gray being inside the study that I looked at was interesting. It's about what people did uh, during SARS and like reading about the surveys about what it was like during that. I'm like, it feels very similar right now. Like we are all going through something and it's, I don't know. It's just, I think one nice thing that can come of this is that 
I think not often does the world, or at least right now, it's like the Western world, like have a very similar lifestyle. You know what I mean? Like regardless right. of your we're socioeconomic background, we're all essentially stuck inside doing our best in like this weird way. Yeah. I guess that's true. So we can all relate finally. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Like sort of <laughs> obviously like you look online, it's like, oh, Vanessa Hudgens is like said the most ridiculous thing in like a beautiful mansion. Like <laughs> there's different versions of what quarantine right, is. But she's but still quarantined. Yeah. And at a certain isolating. point, whether you're trapped in a mansion in LA or like in your apartment somewhere else, like it's kind of the same feeling. Like you're trapped. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll surely jump into the episode. Oh, what did we learn this week? This week, I learned about something that we already kind of know about, but it's uh, that's just... not learning, Mitch. <laughs> Wait, it is learning. You not mean it's if not you what you learned know this it, week, Mitch. <laughs> no, I didn't know this part of it already. It's supplementary research to something called forest bathing. Have you heard about it? Oh my gosh, forest bathing! Have I ever heard of such <laughs> a thing? Twas one of our first videos, my friend, popped off. Was it one of our first? Yes, when we talked about the scientific power of naps back in 2012. Wait, they talk about forest bathing yes, in that? we talk about the Japanese art of forest bathing in that in video. In our nap video? In that nap video. I yes, don't, we did. I don't buy it. Okay, we're checking later. Are you right? I well, Yeah, no, I remember that. I that know we've talked about it. Okay. Either way, so further research has been done recently. Um, and what they found was that 10 minutes in nature is enough to reduce both physical and mental stress. Uh, so that was what they were trying to do was figure out, okay, how can we give physicians an actual number that they can kind of diagnose or dose to somebody? Because we've been told, like, go in nature. It's good for you. It releases whatever, certain hormones. It re- relaxes you. You're breathing in different sorts of aromatic chemicals and stuff that help you. Uh, and so this research specifically was about university students who obviously deal with high levels of stress during exam times and dealing with school. And so they, yeah, again, they were trying to figure out, can we find a dose? And they found... Between 10 10 minutes at the low end was more than enough, but they said 10 to 50 minutes was the most effective to improve mood, focus, and physiological markers like blood pressure and heart rate. Uh, It's also important to know that you don't need any strenuous activity. Obviously, you can just stand in the middle of the woods and not move. Yeah. Oh Literally, it's, a, it's about being around nature. And they were trying to emphasize in the article that covered this research that um, it could be also just engaging with plant life. So stop being, and smell the freaking flowers. Yeah, looking at a beautiful potted plant of flowers or something just so you're feeling connected to it. Obviously, I think like being fully surrounded and engaged in nature will give you that full experience. But it's kind of a mentality. And it wasn't about you know, having to go hiking. Of course, hiking probably has a slew of other events, or sorry, a slew of other benefits. But this particular case was saying you can just sit in nature or you can just walk and stroll through nature and have that effect. So if you're self-isolated, pet your plants. Just go up, have yeah, a little convo. Them, or just walk somewhere where there's not too many people and look at the trees. Even if you're in a city, look up at the trees. This is such self-isolation vibes to walk down the street and just plant yourself and stare at a tree to try and get some <laughs> like solace. Or I think just put your head and your face right into a plant. Just... Breathe in and out for 10 minutes. I think that'll be good, too. Maybe, yeah. I'm assuming this obviously wasn't covered, <laughs> but I'm assuming, like, putting up pictures of nature on your phone. and Because I'm, like, wondering if you just, no, like... No, you can't if just you Google can't, tree. Well, they should do a test on that. Like, if you... If you watch like planet Earth, do you get any of the same benefits by seeing visual stimuli of nature? I was so stressed the other day when we were at Joshua Tree. No big deal. We're back <laughs> home in Canada. But before that, we were in California. And I was so stressed that morning because we like did half a morning of work and then we were going to go on a hike in the afternoon and i was actually amazed how quickly all that stress dissipated Mm. just being like oh yeah like it's just such a like obvious way of like understanding like what matters when you're Mm. in the when you're in nature and you see like beautiful plants and animals you're like oh yeah like i'm just an animal i'm just like this is like where i'm meant to be and the fact that it's 10 minutes i'm like well then we didn't need to go on that three hour hike no they were not saying that necessarily longer is worse just that you can know no obvious- going for 10 minutes is enough you know i obviously like, didn't think that going on a three hour hike was worse <laughs> <laughs> i meant like sometimes i am like how long do i have to be here before i can just go home and like have a glass of wine and feel like oh i'm relaxed <laughs> okay. and it's like okay 10 minutes that's good to know <laughs> missed the point but uh what did you learn this week Okay, so mine is about picking my nose because Mm. it's that time of COVID-19, SARS-CoV-2 land that we're all in. I just have to be so aware of picking my nose, and I love to pick my nose. 
Um, did you know that according to medical journals, uh, it's called rhinotelexomania? <laughs> that's the, that's what picking your nose. Is yeah, called? like if you were like the the patient had rhinotelexomania, <laughs> like the, the the patient you would obviously say pick their nose, but like <laughs> there's a there's a more scientific way of saying it. Um, so this was just a study about a thousand people. Um, and 254 were the only ones who responded. Lol. <laughs> I love that. They're like, we did a, a study of a thousand people. And then it's like 254 people actually responded. <laughs> like they just sent an email blast. Is yeah. That- like I just like realized sometimes they're like, we studied 10,000 people. But then you realize like, oh, they're actually just like, <laughs> not all of them are coming spam back. Mail. Yeah. Um, and so 91% of the responded people, that's 254 subjects, Said they pick their nose. That's ninety one percent. Nine I mean, out of ten yeah, people. Yeah, you're. That's silly. If you don't, I like some people. I think obviously dig deep for their nuggets, but I think nuggets. Oh, I mean, there's definitely lots of times when people ha- you have to pick your nose to get something out of there. So seventy five percent felt that almost everyone did it, which means that like some of that ninety percent felt that they were the only ones who picked their nose, <laughs> and one point two percent picked every hour. And one person said they spent over one to two hours a day picking their nose. And I was like, you're trolling this study. That's insane. Yeah. One to two hours. And then they were, the reason the study existed. That's like, some people watch less TV than that a day. (laughs) But the reason they were studying this was they were trying to understand, like, is picking your nose maybe some sort of, like, physiological disorder? Like, are some people, like, actually addicted to it? And then when they got that response, like, the end of the study was like, maybe we need to look into if some people are, like, literally obsessed with picking their nose. So, like, one to two hours, like, that's... Maybe it's like compulsive, like while they're doing work, they have to have like one little fingy like hanging out their nose. Like, yeah, that's shocking. Cause it, like I can relate when you're just like, well, I can feel it in there. It's going to drive me insane. Oh if my I God. Can feel. That's so many people have definitely been going through that because of coronavirus. You yes. Can feel it flaking in your nostrils, mm-hmm. drying up. Or even like, if you have like a runny nose, like right now, I'm just like, sometimes my nose feels a bit runny and I'm like, Okay, A, am I sick with coronavirus? I uh, know, I don't think so. Mitch but, has a bit of hypochondria. Okay, <laughs> relax. No, I just more meant like I, I start to realize I don't want to wipe it. I'm not going to wipe it, but then it's all I can think about. What? Okay, to not I, wipe my nose. I use a piece of Kleenex. I got nice sharp nails. I get in there flickety-dickety-ding. Oh. I guess I'm disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, I have the same problem. I've never realized how itchy my face gets or like I, cause now I'm so aware that I shouldn't Mm -hmm. touch my face, my eyes. I always want to rub my eyes like, and my lips get dry. So then I want to like rub them with my finger, not rub them, but you know what I mean? Like clear out the sides of your lips and stuff. So there's so many times that I'm touching my face, but it has been an interesting experience to tone it down hot take everyone we're having a hard time not touching our face (laughs) (laughs) i know know. the biggest hot take right now is like i've been prepping to be self-isolated my whole life oh when you find out that your normal life's just self-isolation it's like also (laughs) when like when a tweet gets like one million retweets it's not like a hot take anymore it's like everyone agrees with you because everyone feels that right am i right yeah but it's a pretty hot take if it's the first time you get a million retweets no it's just like everyone was saying every tweet of this had this like response everyone's like i'm so normal to be like lonely at home like doesn't everyone think that maybe not maybe because i was just like we all do that it's the most self-isolation conversation right now to talk about how many retweets people get (laughs) twitter is like so annoying right now i'm on it so much too stressful it's so stressful but also everyone is trying to have the hottest take like it's hilarious to see how many people are just like tippity tappity tip tip tappity like trying to like oh my god okay let's get into it let's get into it okay study time study time study time if you are self-isolating right now we are proud of you it is the right thing to do from an epidemiological standpoint uh, when we did our research for the pandemic video, we realized that there was a lot of anecdotes about people doing doing this during the Spanish flu and it working, for example, in St. Louis, mm. they self-isolated and they were able to flatten the curve, which I'm glad is now like uh, it's trend, not it's trendy, trendy, but I mean, definitely yeah. lots of people I've seen it all over the Internet. I've seen it on news reports. Everyone's talking about flatten the curve. Self-isolation uh, in my study, which I'm going to get to, I'm just going to be a little snippet of it right now though before i get into it uh they found that a lot of people have a hard time focusing on work yeah and i'm like i'm having a hard time focusing on work but it's interesting because it's like as a science communicator i'm like obviously we've done i feel like a lot of important things that's like our job is to make sure that people are educated about science and so i think i'm glad we do that all the time but when this pandemic's happening i'm like it's science communication is happening 
all the in an amazing way right now. Mm. Like the fact that I can say flattening the curve and like people will probably know what I'm talking about, which is like an epidemiological like slide four in your like right yeah, yeah. lesson in like, in, like third university. year university. Yeah. <laughs> now everyone's starting to understand in a very tragic way. I feel like it's sad that we have to like only care about science when like it's going to save, like it has to save our lives. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just think that that's kind of interesting to think that like science communication is like coming from all these different places. Like comedians on Twitter are being so funny about flattening the curve. I'm like, that's really cool. Like that is science communication. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's interesting to uh, think about listening to things only when they're dire and it's like climate change. Hello. (laughs) I keep thinking about that all the time. I'm like the way I once, we figure out another thing we're trying to figure out right now is our next video, which is like sort of like, when does this all end? Like, it's a very interesting question. We're trying to figure it out. But when this all ends, I want to start being like, okay, you know that feeling you felt during coronavirus? Mm-hmm. Like, As that's what climate change more. is going to feel like. And, the and there's reports sort of of people telling their experience coming out of Italy in particular being like, you know, two weeks ago, we were also like, this is so ridiculous. Why are things shutting down? Like, who cares? And then to see the progression, it may not happen here because now obviously lots of other countries like are flattening the curve and staying and are, home and self-isolating. And are getting ahead of that curve. Is the but it point. still is that same climate change issue with humans, which is like foresight. Like that idea of like putting in the work now to save, to, to putting in the work now to have things later be normal. You know what I mean? Like that's just such a challenging yeah. thing. Cause it's not even like putting in the, the work now for things to be better. It's like, this is the work you have to do now in order for things to not get worse. Not necessarily. Yeah. And better. it's like, if you don't put money up front to, let's use this example, stop a pandemic, it's going to cost more money later. Right? Like, and everyone's afraid to be the person who shuts down an economy and accepts loss with the idea that it will cause less loss in the future because they look worse at the beginning. But that's just what people have to do. Yeah, so. that's so true. I see from an economic standpoint, it's like now look at the economy right now because of this pandemic that happened. So not you only spent the money. were some countries not prepared, like America in particular, there was lots of talk about Donald Trump having disbanded their pandemic team because it was like he didn't want to waste money on this stuff. So not only was there not a lot of prep, now that it's even started the hesitation with not just America, but even Canada, even Europe, uh, I know that's not a country, but like European countries like the UK, have hesitated to shut things down because they don't want to do it prematurely. But it's a really important point to realize, and I'm not saying this for the first time. Other people have said this. If we get it right, it will look like we overreacted. I know. I, but I, no yeah. one wants to be the person who is the cause of economic downfall if it looks like they shouldn't have done what they did. Yeah. And I almost am like, our politicians just like they'd rather have it prove itself to be a problem because then they feel justified in taking extreme action. Well, that's why I think with, wow, it's like even now we can't just stop talking about climate change. like, oh, we always <laughs> end up here. But that's why like, you know, politicians, it's why as a person and as a citizen of a country and a democracy, like you do matter because politicians do really rely on public pressure so Mm -hmm. it's like it is one of those things that makes you realize like they're they are just trying to like you know fulfill in many ways the public's wants i think donald trump is such an extraneous variable because he's truly like psychotic and like can we also just talk about how elon musk is being so annoying on twitter and constantly being like everyone's over panicking it's like i believe that you're panicking about losing money for your company like you go off mitch see i'm usually the one who comes for these no i'm frustrated no because i i can appreciate what elon musk has done for like you know renewable energy and electric cars and solar panels like cool he's done some cool things and i wouldn't always criticize him but to see him out they're like constant like all he's been tweeting about he's never like helped to tweet anything that's been like let's be you know let's be alert like or nuance and think yeah. about this is like and a, let's yeah. take it seriously yes we don't need to panic like that's a different thing than being like everyone's over panicking blah 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 I don't know it's just pissed me off I'm just like all these rich people who it shows at the end of the day they only care about their own profits and he the, only wants to change the world if he can make money off it I've always been me and Mitch have argued about Elon Musk before <laughs> See, they, I have it like I've always had issues with these people, Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, they're megalomaniacs. And I think that's what's happening right now is that I think it's probably, this is complete jargon and anecdote. It's just me going off is what I usually say. But it's like, I think it's hard for him to realize he's not like, um, he's not above 
like he can't biology you know what i mean like i think that it's hard for him to grasp because like in his life i truly think that he thinks he's going to change the world i think he's going to colonize mars like mars like good luck buddy and like i think that he really does think those things and this is such a real time for him to have to stop and be pensive about his megalomania and i think that he's like can't stand it okay i think before you go like let's go into your study but like we said we try to make this a light-hearted podcast so like what's something fun or weird or funny that you elon musk's literal face no is funny. i'm saying that you've done in self-isolation so far like what have you been up oh, to oh my god that's the saddest question it's like sad like if someone had, if there was a camera looking at me it'd be like that is he dead? Like, is he breathing? <laughs> just like looking at the internet. Okay, like we that's... keep saying that we're gonna play just dance to exercise, and then we never do. Um, we should do that tonight. I've been watching an interior design show that's like pure mush, but I like it. Yeah, that's so sad. I can't we think really of anything entertaining at all. Oh, I'm writing a screenplay. Yeah, you're working on. It. That's good. That's what people want to hear. Is like you know, you're just taking this time to also like do things that you wouldn't otherwise get to. Reading my book. Like I'm hoping to play a way more video games and yeah. like animal crossing comes out on Friday. I'm just like, okay, I might do nothing but play that. But so. it's been really sad. Like every day I'm like, it's 7 PM. <laughs> I'm like, I haven't gone outside. I haven't done anything. Oh yeah. yeah. That's not I what know. you're supposed to do. Oh. Okay. Let's get into here. Seeing stuff. people oh. online being like, like John legends, like I'm going live and doing a concert and like everyone's doing all these things. I'm like, okay, everyone needs to calm down. Like I'm like, how is everyone so motivated? <laughs> oh, okay. So my study is about, uh, the SARS epidemic, sort of looking at self-isolation throughout that uh, and people in Hong Kong. And it was a survey of a bunch of people just sort of asking them questions. Another about, email blast. Yeah, another email blast <laughs> that ends up on PubMed. Where like a thousand respondents don't respond. Yeah, no, this was a this was a much bigger study, but uh, still, it is just a survey. But it was asking them about the experience of like living through an epidemic uh, which uh, it was because it was an isolated uh, thing. So it was in Hong Kong, Chinese-speaking residents, and they call it an epidemic, even though it did spread uh, to places like Toronto. Yeah, um, It was a much more contained virus, a much more deadly virus, but a much less contagious virus. Okay. So they're asking them these questions after the fact? or is uh, this... It's actually throughout. So it's sort of okay. while it's happening and then yeah, right after. Okay, cool. Um, so eight that. 1,422 people died of SARS. Oh, sorry. 8,422 cases of SARS, 916 people died of SARS. Like, those numbers seem so low right now. Yeah, considering right now, at this moment, I think there's 180,000 cases of I know, coronavirus confirmed. Which kind of is scary when you think about it. I know what this, again, is a more a less lethal right. disease, virus. COVID-19. Yeah, and virus, SARS-CoV-2. But... It is kind of scary to think that SARS is now like those numbers seem small, mm-hmm. even though it's the last big epidemic we've kind of lived through. Um, so, yeah, 20.8 percent of the cases um, occurred in Hong Kong. Thirty two percent of the deaths occurred in Hong Kong. So that's okay. why they focus in on Hong Kong. This is okay. all about Hong Kong. Okay. So 92.5 percent of respondents regarded that the SARS epidemic in Hong Kong was severe. Um, and they also 48.4% perceived that their mental health had been severely or moderately deteriorated because of the epidemic. So that's kind of interesting to think about right now. Like we're all maybe we have Twitter now we have maybe a little bit more internet use. Like maybe right now people are leaning into this idea of self-isolation. What was the, uh, the SARS date? When was it? Like early 2000s? Yeah. Wait, I don't actually know the exact date. You keep telling me. I'll look it up. I'll look it up just so we get the exact um, date. I think I was in elementary. Like, I feel like I was in grade eight or grade nine. So what would that be? Like 20 years ago? Wow. Oh, my God. We're old. Between 2002 and 2003. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That is like literally when I was like mm-hmm. in grade nine. So that's something to think about is that like right now, this is something that's happening to us. Like, I think we talk a lot about sometimes how you kind of just like, you know, this, the TV show ends and you're like, oh, yeah we're living in a right. pandemic like yeah. you come it has out of it yeah. an effect on your mental health like the other night we were watching I've been thinking about that a lot yeah honestly. good time this very stressful movie and it ended and we were like wait we're actually more stressed now that that movie's ended because mm-hmm. we're like back in the real world and we don't know what's going to happen so even this smaller epidemic had an impact on people's mental health yes yeah. again more deadly but not as contagious right because there i mean a lot of it surrounds fear right and i don't want to spread fear on this podcast or in our videos but yeah it's this idea of not knowing what will tomorrow bring and so i'm sure there were lots of people in hong kong who saw like that the numbers of people dying were going up and up and infections that it probably was also more like 
if you get it, your chance is like you have a one, like a 20% chance of dying. I don't know how that's skewed amongst ages. I think this virus is a little different because we're often hearing that like older people have a much, much higher chance of dying than if you're like under 40. Kind of but thing. I think what I'm just trying to say is that if you're feeling like mental, your mental health is being it's impacted, normal. it's like the only other study. One of the other studies I could find is saying that like that's fair. Yeah, no, I totally. Okay. Yeah. Um, 37.8% of respondents perceived that the level of stress related to work and family had increased. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, okay, mm-hmm. yeah. 26.5% of respondents were facing increased financial stress. So that is a big thing that I think we are all going to have to mm-hmm. be thinking about is the financial stress that's happening to everyone. This was yeah. a much smaller, again, epidemic. And like a lot of people were still impacted by it. Like a quarter of people had severe financial stress. Yeah. And well, so the I'm, whole world economy is going to be stressed, which impacts everyone as well this time, right? And they also said here that 12.9% of people had an increase in frequency of smoking. So they just they started to smoke more because they're stressed. Okay, but um, side note, like, don't do that now because isn't it this one in particular affects mm-hmm. the respiratory system? So, like, don't pick up smoking right well, now. Well, this, this also impacts the it? respiratory system. Okay. It's like, it's just... The point is that people have coping, right, coping. mechanisms. Yeah, yeah. Um, four point seven percent of male and fourteen point eight percent of female respondents increase their frequency of drinking. So that's Ooh. kind of something that you see online, kind of as jokes, like people yeah. like walking to my happy hour at five p.m. alone to have mm-hmm. a bottle of wine. Like it is funny. People are using whatever they can again to maybe cope, but those are going to become statistics later when we start to study happy. <laughs> When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Impacts, impacts on people. It's just interesting to look at the study and think okay, yeah, people smoked more, they drank more because, again, they're like self isolated, so maybe they have nothing else to do. Yeah. But. I and pers- you're at home so much more. Yeah. I haven't drank or like, uh, well, we've been a little, like weed. we were like, let's make sure we're eating healthy and staying well. And that kind of thing. I think yeah, in which our mind, I we were like, let's not a good, like, yeah, not for that sure. There's- but I, I'm I like, know. I do want to just, now that we're stuck at home, like I am a little bit like, Oh, it'd be fun to just have a night where we have, we drink, we hang out, we watch movies, we play video games, whatever. Mm. But then there's that side of me. That's like, I don't want to drink too much. And like, it, you know, suppress my immune system by yeah. any amount, just in case I was, just just in case someone passed it to me or I pass it to someone who knows like I guess that's just on my mind right now which is fair I, I might think be I'm a hypochondriac so it probably <laughs> plays with me more but yeah but I I mean it's interesting like to think that obviously people are probably drinking more like statistically that's essentially what this study has said mm-hmm. people did drink more some people drank more um, but on the other hand uh, I I agree I think there's something right now where I'm just like okay Greg like just be healthy no, there's no reason to affect your immune system at a time right. like this, but that might be overreacting. 6.1% of people reported poor sexual functioning. So oh. it was impacting their, whereas other people are like a bunch of babies are going to get born. <laughs> Everyone's fucking, fucking, fucking. I'm like, okay. Um, and then, yeah, this is the 20.1% of people uh, said they had difficulty concentrating on their work, which is something I can really, really relate to. For sure. I'm kind of like feeling that, Anything unrelated to this is difficult to think about. So obviously, but that's you know, what we should this be thinking po- about. Oh, I know, but this podcast, for example, is related to it, so it feels like, hey, it's work, but it's like relevant. And if we're gonna write or make a video about it, it feels that I can focus on that. But there's a level of me that's like, when I'm responding to an email or if I see a tweet that's funny or a video I like, I kind of feel weird when I'm like working on something that is not engaging with this issue. I agree. I agree fully. I don't know what it is. And I think because we are like our own bosses and entrepreneurs, like that's a challenge. I was talking to some friends who are working from home for their bosses and for other people. And they're like, 
it's kind of nice because they you have still have to directives. Do yeah, they have directives. Here's what you have to get done by the end of the day yeah. or by the end of the week. Go. 5 p.m. hits. Like yesterday, my friend Sarah was like, it's so funny. 5 p.m. hits and then I'm already home. Like <laughs> that feeling of like, oh, I'm home now. Like, yeah. That is like an interesting feeling. I bet you're thinking, oh, my brain was distracted today. Now I'm home. And now, now I, I think, think about, about it. it. Whereas yeah. we're kind of thinking about it all the time because our job is essentially to talk about it, yeah. but also like, and as self-employed people, we kind of control our hours and control. Yeah. It's easier to be like, well, I'm just going to not work this hour because I don't feel like it's normal. That is just maybe us complaining. And maybe it's like also, maybe, I think it's bizarre. Yeah. I think there's lots of people in this world who are, whether they're self-employed or they have like contract jobs or they're kind of like, you know, non-traditional nine to five jobs. I think all those kinds of roles are probably experiencing that feeling. So this is the last uh, point from the study that I thought was really interesting, which is that married people in general have a lower prevalence of psychological problems and a better support system compared to single people. So that is... Drag them. Well, (laughs) (laughs) everyone listening is like, oh. (laughs) But I mean, it kind of makes sense in the sense that like... Maybe just Obviously, to talk you can about have it out terrible loud. marriages, but yeah. like just like that sense of support. However, mm-hmm. during an epidemic and during this epidemic, they found that the people who were married and had families were more emotionally stressed and affected by the epidemic than single people. Forty percent more people had increased stress because mm-hmm. essentially what it means is that during an epidemic, say you're single and you live alone, you know, you can isolate yourself, you're looking after yourself but during an uh, epidemic or right now a pandemic if you have a family that's a, an added stress of yeah, thinking of about your kids your they, spouse financial dependence on financial you dependency, their they're going yeah. and i was like that's really interesting because my sister is a respiratory therapist so i'm thinking about her a lot she's literally like the most important person in the world right now because she runs ventilators mm-hmm. and she you know was worried she has a husband and a kid and it's like she was talking about how she has other people at work who are single and they're a little bit like, oh, okay, I get it. I'll just go home and quarantine myself. You right. know what I mean? Where she's like, okay, I have to think to about coordinate. Yeah. Like, how do what I coordinate? Like, happens? Yeah. yeah and it made me think scenarios. like that makes sense. Like these people who have families, yes, you get to have a, when things are normal, you maybe have a stronger support system at home. That's great. I still doesn't, that doesn't mean that if you're single, you don't have an amazing support system as yourself. But during but nowadays pandemic, it might yeah. be different because of the internet and because of being able to still video chat and chat with people like that, that study was long enough ago that people yeah. wouldn't have had that, that maybe single people in today's day and age, like even now I've been video communicating yeah, with my friends and family. House Party app, we should tell yeah. people about it. It's fun. Yeah, we've been using this app called I've House Party. I've been honestly hanging out with my friends more now. Yeah, because it's kind it's of like, interesting. I actually pick up the phone. <laughs> and everyone's at home being like, I'm bored because yeah. I can't do anything. Uh, that it's, I imagine maybe people have more support this time than hmm. the previous in, in that epidemic because it's so accessible. Yeah. Well, to reiterate before we move on, it's like, it's these studies show that it's going to affect your mental health. You might start drinking more. You don't <laughs> smoke more because it's bad for your lungs, but you might feel the hankering to smoke more and you might be really stressed about your family right now. And that's just the reality of things right now. So I don't know. Meditate, watch some movies and go and stay at home if you can. Oh, literally. Uh, opposite. Both opposite. I mean, stay at home, but if you can isolatingly visit, if you a live tree. next <laughs> to a beautiful forest surrounded by only animals, I would say take a jaunt into that forest. Okay, let's take a little break. When we come back, I have some really interesting research around sick leave, paid sick leave, oh and the impact gosh. it has in times like this. We'll be right back. Comment Corner. We haven't done Comment Corner in a while. We thought it would be nice. I mean, we constantly allegedly hear that if you leave comments and reviews on iTunes or any app that you're using, it helps our podcast. So we thought we would shout some of you out that have left us really lovely reviews. Um, There were a couple up there that dragged us for audio levels being messed up. We are back home now, so hopefully we're fixing those. But for the more positive reviews, we have one from NI. Oop was the username. (laughs) Uh, They said, amazing. Would recommend. This podcast is amazing. Very informative. But fun with Greg and Mitch's hilarious sense of humor. I look forward to more episodes. 
And then also Sarah Wan said, a must. It's so hilarious and easy listening. You forget you're learning. Love, love, love. We appreciate you guys so much. It honestly helps us with the podcast in terms of spreading it, in terms of getting it on charts and iTunes being like, oh, whoa, cool. Side note podcast is getting reviews. So if you want to leave us one, we'd love it. We appreciate it. And even if not, we still love the fact that you're listening. But if you do leave us one, we'll try and leave more comment corners in the near future. Thanks, guys. Speaking of stress, now I wanted to loop this into some studies I looked at around paid sick leave because obviously a lot of the conversation has been around how are people going to function if things shut down. So just the other day, you know, Canada has and Ontario and Toronto have all implemented different measures that many different countries are shutting things down. Only essential services. Restaurants can only deliver. We know people who have been let go from their jobs because of fears that the businesses can't afford it. So um, I looked specifically at America because it is kind of notorious not to drag America. but Well, it's pretty fun to drag America. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I mean they don't have a lot of paid sick leave. So we come from a country that it's like mandated in a different way. Not that everyone has it, but I think the levels of non-paid sick leave in America are much higher. So around 25 to 45% of Americans do not have paid sick leave depending on your state. Um, And then on top of that, more than 50% do not use their sick days, presumably because they feel bad or feel like... Wait, what? What do you mean? That would mean that they, even if they get sick, they go to work. So that's how this ties into pandemics and the conversation because they feel pressure to they want to make the money. Yeah, I think I mean, there's obviously a hustle culture. Yeah. Yeah. So even yeah, even people who have paid sick leave, I think there's this pressure to suck it up. You just have a cold come in. Um, And that might be true sometimes where you feel like I actually am a little sick. I'll go in. Uh, But there's probably this pressure that if I'm not exhibiting extreme symptoms, I might as well go in if I can function. Right. Yeah. I remember being like thinking about it as a teacher. You definitely have paid sick leave. But when I was teaching... It is harder for you to make lesson plans and organize like for a supply sick. teacher. It's like it's you, <laughs> you're doing more work before you are yeah, going to take your sick I time. remember going like if I had a cold or anything like I would definitely go to work. I would only go to work if I literally was like throwing up or couldn't make it because it is like harder easier. to coordinate a yeah. whole other system. Which might also be it. You know what I mean? Like the, the logistics of not going to work sometimes can actually make the job you're trying to do way more challenging sometimes. For sure. Know. So that means you're part of the next stat, which was 38% of people said they would go to work knowingly contagious. Okay, I didn't necessarily <laughs> say it'd be knowingly contagious. Bad time to tell this anecdotal story. No, I guess I know what you mean. I think a lot of people, there's probably a bigger percentage that would go yeah. sick not thinking that they're contagious. Yeah, yeah, or just not thinking about that as much as as like, a, as oh a consequence. God. Yeah, like yeah. thinking more. Hey, actually, it'll be more. It'll be more detrimental if I don't go. I just took this moment in history to tell everyone about how I used to go to work. Contagious, <laughs> just like of all times. To do I mean, that. not with the flu, but uh, presumably with the cold. I've certainly gone to work in the past when I had like a cold. Because you think it's not a big deal. But I remember the one time that like my students ever really like stopped talking and like listened to me. Like there's rare um, <laughs> was when I had like a really bad migraine. And I was like, guys, I have a migraine. And they like actually were so nice. And to this day, I was like, wow, I really should have used that more. Yeah. I've just been like, guys, I have a migraine. Probably because like, they could tell you were being honest. They could yeah, tell they you were, saw, the desperation. In oh, my God. Face. They definitely saw me cry and be desperate before and did not listen. It was just like amazing. Or maybe I just had such a bad migraine. That just, like, <laughs> you blocked it out. Yeah. Um, so not only do sick paid uh, paid sick days Uh, Sorry, let me say that again. Not only does not having paid sick leave correlate to financial stress, higher rates of poverty, and worse mental health, they have found... Yeah, it makes sense Like because of all the stress that comes along with having to go to work if you don't have it. In areas that mandate paid sick leave, so there are certain states or counties that say you actually have to give your employees paid sick leave, the flu rates go down 40%. Wow. And so this is me again trying to tie this into this pandemic. And obviously, as it's hitting different levels, people are actually being mandated not to go to work. But prior to this was this idea of, okay, America is not very well equipped for this if it has extremely high rates of no paid sick leave and the fact that flus and viruses spread faster. Because the point is that people are going to work and spreading it to other people. That's interesting because so much of the United States is different based on state, which I realized like living there, I'm like, oh, wow, like 
you have your federal in Canada, the federal government legislates a lot more than it. The federal government legislates in America makes sense. There's only like 36 million people right. in Canada. There's so many people in America. So they have to do it. Like sometimes going from state to state, you're like, Oh, I'm in Europe. And this is like a separate country. Almost. Yeah. That was even something I was thinking about in terms of cases. Like we're hearing that America has so many cases, but then it's sometimes like, well, the size of that state is actually like bigger than Italy. <laughs> yeah. And like, can't, Kansas or whatever is probably just like, well, what? It's not here yet. Like not even though they're American. My point about that was though that it's cool. You can study those things. You can see the impacts of the Mm -hmm. changes within the states. Like if the flu rates are so much lower where there's paid sick leave, that's an interesting thing that you can now study because they allow it to be differentiated throughout the state. Yeah. And and in general, they just found that cities with paid sick leave are much healthier generally. Wow. Which is interesting. Um, But in particular, the service industry has some of the lowest amounts of paid sick like leave. fast food and stuff like that fast food restaurants like any any service industry. Yeah. i'm sure that actually includes things like uh working at retail stores right like, oh, like a hotel or I, I actually like don't exactly know what service includes but i know for sure we're talking about like food and service industry yeah. so 58 percent of people don't get paid sick leave uh but the cdc did a study and estimates on what would happen if they just gave people sick leave and it would prevent four to eleven million other people from missing work because of the flu. So this is related to the flu again. Their point being, look, you think that you're saving money business by not giving paid sick leave, but in fact, way more people are actually getting sick. And that's probably affecting business. Yeah, which is ultimately going to hurt your bottom line. If your employee infects, does get the flu, comes in and infects other people, then you're not going to have more employees to work. Uh, They said that... It would save one to two billion per year <gasps> if those people were not getting sick. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> this is the thing that is like so frustrating as people who I feel like just consistently read about science. It's like so much of what like relating back to climate change. <laughs> I know. There's, I was like, we're going to bring it back. I yeah. can tell that's coming. But there's just so many like business minded people. And like they just like think that they know like they're like business savvy because they have like a degree in business and they they're, they don't think about all these other factors that other people think about. And then you start to learn about them like from a scientific perspective and you realize like we actually have some answers to save money, but right. it's going to cost, you know, some money that you have to spend up through front, up to, front save money. To, to, sa- to save people's lives yeah. and not just and lives, save money. money. <laughs> and I'm just like, it frustrates me so much because I'm like, it's hard like I always am trying to like have a nuanced approach to things maybe not white male billionaires (laughs) (laughs) but I'm trying to have a nuanced approach to things and so often I'm just like it really comes down to a lot of these like economically minded people being like bad people like it's like or short-sighted but they're short-sighted but they're also fighting against like Mm -hmm. helping people and saving money and at a certain point I'm like so what are you doing oh you're trying to make more money for yourself and your corporation like that's the end of the set sentence that like, to me cool, is bad cool life story yeah i'm just <laughs> ugh, whatever okay i think i maybe extrapolated that but it just no, is frustrating to what, find out that that it is true saves because money because <laughs> as you said the same argument will happen with climate change where a lot of people are you know it costs it's gonna cost so much money to switch over to a renewable grid how are we possibly gonna do this but it's like long term we will be saving like, money yeah okay so you want to be investments okay. and lives we have a very like very well researched video that we just don't know if we can release right now because mm-hmm. it's about renewable energy and we want to release it but we worry that it's not the right time for like the most people to have an interest in it it is fascinating to me how hard it is to talk about climate change right now because there is a much sort of like a bigger immediate Immediate, issue and it makes sense that people's minds will be like look we can think about that later we're literally fighting for lives right now yeah and i i see it even in my own consumption of content like i read about climate change all the time but in the last two weeks i haven't Mm -hmm. i've been focusing on this so anyways but it's just like if you think for a second that like continuing to extract fossil fuels and not going to a renewable grid that relies on nuclear, solar, and wind is going to save you money or help the economy in any way, you are wrong. Like flat out I guess what wrong. happens is 
there's industries that lobby for this. So the oil industry is like, well, we're not going to make that money. Yeah. Right. So that's true. But those are, I'm saying that's where the competing interest comes. Cause on the surface, you're like, are all these companies dumb? Like whatever, but it's actually, when you break it down, you realize the people who have money actually do stand to lose money. Yes. Sorry. The people, the the very, that is, I guess you just brought up the one people who are going to lose money. But it's like, even the workers who work in those energy sectors, like can be, well, based on the green new deal and the research that we have done, it's like, if we can figure out how to transfer them to work in other parts of the energy sector, we can do this in a way where not that many like people will actually lose money. There will be a small amount of people who are going to lose a lot of money, but I'm sorry. You're literally fossil fuel companies. Like Mm -hmm. it's time, babe, like your time's up. Anyways, that is a different episode. Wow. So I mean, yeah, we kind of went into a different place because we were talking about self isolation. I I wanted to bring up this just because I can't it's believe it's pandemics. only been like five days of self isolation. <laughs> I know. So we like have been self isolating since like essentially like Friday, and then Saturday. yeah, so Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday is now Tuesday. Yeah, That's it's at days. a point now where I just also I felt like okay, I never felt like I had a handle or a good understanding, but. I feel less certain now about what the next things will be. I'm like, how long will we be self-isolated for? I know we're all self-isolating to that 14-day mark to be like, did we get infected? Well, no, we haven't by then probably. But long-term... But I'm worried about people you know, getting schools are canceled. <laughs> yeah. And, and then like, like going out. Yeah. Or, I don't know. But the, you know, thinking about that flattening the curve, we never really explained it on the podcast because we, I don't know, if you didn't know what it meant, it's just that if all the cases happen at once... The curve will be really sharp and the hospitals will be overwhelmed. There's literally not enough ventilators. More people will die. Yeah. But if we can spread the infection over a longer period of time, yes, we might all still get it, but it'll be spread over, say, months or years. Or we might years. not all still get it. But. Yeah. Well, the truth is, I mean, most people end up getting the seasonal flu. Like, like it's possible that many of us will get this, but if we can get it later, it will not overwhelm the hospital system. Yeah. And then people won't have to die. Like, I don't think amount. we're going to eradicate this and and that may happen this is the fascinating part okay so this is where i think we want to i want to start thinking about what our next video about this will be which is like how does this end Mm -hmm. so thinking about vaccines like it's fascinating the research they're doing about that thinking about antiviral medication even just like that's fascinating to me and then at what point do does you know it work itself into the flu vaccine which hopefully everyone got (laughs) (laughs) and um at what point does it sort of maybe disappear for the summer come back in the fall like these are all scenarios that i think are worth explaining to people because i think at a certain point people are going to start to need to know like to what end mm-hmm. of like self-isolation cool we're at the beginning of it we're all right we're kind of fun kind of different like, yeah yeah but it's like no i think we're gonna have to try and figure out how to give people some sort of continued motivation right continued answers and, yeah understanding of where this goes from here yeah exactly. but i do i do think governments and agencies are just not sure right now they need to figure out they need to be testing cases to figure out how many are there like where is it at i was listening to the deal the other day and it was an expert just explaining how china's whole motivation was okay we need to test 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 because we need to figure out everywhere the virus is so that we can then make smart decisions. And so I think that's the stage our countries are at now where it's like, we need to figure out what's going on first. And if we self isolate, we'll start to see how many people have been walking around with this. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? With unknowingly, cause lots yeah. of people might not show symptoms and then we can have a better understanding of what plan do we make from here. But I also just like worry cause in China, this is, it's just, different like yeah. they're like the ability the to kind of we live in are yeah. like you go home and you self-isolate at home with your families yeah. like i don't think that there are well other countries i think even spain is i heard and i'm sure italy as well have actual laws now it's like if you are outside when yeah, you're you got not 200 to be, euro fine in yeah italy. so it's our governments can do that if it gets serious enough, yeah fine happen. people i think no i'm talking thing- about they would take that they take in china they would take the six pe- sick people mm-hmm. or the people who they think had it and they would put them into a gymnasium like or a place quarantine. full of other people yeah. who have it, which in that way, they were able to assess those people. If things got bad, they would then go to the hospital. I'm saying, I don't think that that can happen necessarily in. We'll find out. Uh, that's I, like the spooky. Yeah. Way. I just think it's a bit up in the air. I, I just want to reiterate, and I'm sure most people listening to this podcast know, but I, just to say it, we're self-isolating for other people, Right. Like the chances are we're both in our thirties. We probably, if we get it, probably most likely will be okay. 
we may not even exhibit symptoms or we'll get sick for a certain amount of time or we'll get or we'll get really sick or we'll get yeah. sorry i know but in terms of probabilities like if yeah. you're older that we're all acting as people who are helping to stop the spread of viruses for people that will be at high risk and immunosuppressed not necessarily and yeah i don't want to minimize yeah. that people who are our age have gotten and have had terrible symptoms and have yeah. had to go to the hospital, but there's been many less deaths. So yeah, I see what you're saying. It's like important for people to realize like you're doing like we're protecting. Society yeah, good. We're, yeah. We're trying to protect people who are vulnerable because and, if I'm in the hospital, but I'm going to live, but the doctors don't know that. And there's also a handful of people who are 80 plus. I mean, who's competing for the resources, right? It is, it is, it is really interesting and I feel really good when I read like those flattening the curve studies because it makes you be like <laughs> sitting home having a soup watching Netflix it's like yeah I am I am a public <laughs> servant you know what I mean like it makes you have those moments where yeah, you're like you can feel kind of good about like, it oh, I'm actually doing the best thing that I could be doing yeah, right now I for think, society I think that's a good message like to be sharing that. yeah yeah we're like part of the draft like finishing um, Bo- BoJack Horseman's my volunteering yeah, it, but actually but ultimately know. yeah I think people should be allowed to feel good for that I know it's like not no, I just think like why not encourage people and give people pats on the back for being like it's cool, it's awesome that you're staying at home and you can feel good that just watching TV at home is a selfless act. Right yeah, now. enjoy this because like when it <laughs> yeah, all goes exactly. away and you have to go back to work, you're gonna be like ever all the jokes that are gonna be like I miss quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> like that's gonna be like. Although I yeah, there was that really funny tweet that was like. You know, like our grandparents were like enlisted to go to war. You're being enlisted to sit on your couch. Like you can do this or whatever. Like it's like, that's a really good sentiment. Hot take off the top. Uh, okay. So uh, what are we going to do for the rest of self-isolation? Do you oh, think? wow. Read. I mean, I... rest is a very vague term, but for like the next couple of weeks. Barf yeah. in my mouth. I'm literally going to keep writing my screenplay. <laughs> I want to paint. Forcing you. <laughs> I really am having a hard time. Every day I'm like, we're going to work out. But yeah, it hasn't happened. No. You I've, went for a run, didn't you? I've watched literal YouTube videos about working out. Just watched them. Because <laughs> you're like, oh, oh yeah, because lots of places and people are like live streaming workouts. And, stuff, and I'm just and like, oh, like, I'll do this one tomorrow. Save to watch I'll later. I'll do it mentally. <laughs> I'll do this one tomorrow. And I'm just like, okay, Greg, you're just like literally making a playlist of your workout videos. You're never going <laughs> to. But also, one last thing. I keep saying last thing. I, I just think, and I've been saying it to you, Greg, it's okay to feel overwhelmed right now and to not be like, performing at your top best i think it is a part of sort of our hustle culture that we dislike so much but we even embody it sometimes that we feel guilty that we're not getting as much done right now yeah. or that we're not working the type a's are popping off though online i'm like how are you sure but so but it's it's a toxic mentality to feel like during a literal worldwide pandemic <laughs> that we should feel guilty that we're a little more stressed than normal and underperforming or feeling distracted or those kind right. of things so i just think it's okay you've been quarantined for five days and right. you haven't worked out that much like that's you're right. okay <laughs> you're right you're right and to everyone listening you know take it as you need to i think everyone will respond differently in terms of their mental stress from this assuming that you don't get it and are actually sick just take it as you need it i think you know your body best you know your mind best and if you're being overwhelmed take it slower yeah i'm not doing any squats i'm certainly flattening my curves <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay. Wow. Great episode. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for so week. much for listening. Okay. And yeah, hopefully we won't be doing a part two of this next week when we're like, things have gotten more extreme. But obviously, if there's much to talk about, we'll probably come back and hopefully uh, keep you guys up to date on things. Okay. Peace. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger. Feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.